Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made for More podcast. Today I'm joined by a very exciting guest. It is Kathy Burke. Kathy was the CEO for 20 years uh, with the Hunger Project within Australia and then the global vice president working to end hunger across South Asia and Africa. Kathy was an integral member of a visionary team who developed leadership at scale in villages all over the world. Through her work, millions of the world's poorest people stepped into their leadership and were able to feed themselves and their families. Absolutely remarkable stuff. Kathy now works with organizations and leaders to develop the mindsets, authenticity and capabilities needed to achieve a better future. She believes the potential for leadership is available to everyone and that it has never been more important to activate this in organizations and communities worldwide. Kathy designs and leads transformational programs for village women redefining what it means to be a leader to global executives grappling with change. Kathy received the Australian Davos Leadership Award and is an AFR Top 100 Women of Influence Award winner. She is the author of Unlikely Leaders, Lessons in Leadership from Village Classroom, and she has a new book called Lead in Mindsets to Lead, Live and Work Differently, and it's out right now. I loved my chat with Kathy today. We spoke, we focused mostly on the unlikely leader and what that looks like uh, to her and in this day and age. And it was really around how do you step into your space as the leader, even if you are not handed that title. Uh, I think you'll enjoy today's episode. As always, if you can leave us a review, uh, don't forget to tell your friends about the Made For More podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife, and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team, and your business. Let's go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made for More podcast. Today I am joined by the wonderful Kathy Burke, all the way from Byron Bay. Hello, Kathy. How are you? Hi, Ellie. I'm great. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It is great to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. So before we get too far into it, what I would love you to share with our listeners and those that are watching is a little bit of where you've come from and where you're going. Well, I so many different ways to answer that. Where I've come from is a, I'm a Perth girl originally, so I grew up on the far west coast and I now live in the most eastern point of Australia in the hinterland of Byron Bay, New South Wales, on the unceded and stolen lands and very ancient and beautiful lands of the Widjibal Waibal people of Bundjalung Nation. Um, and where I'm going is a constant evolution of growth and service to help bring about um, the skills and tools and expansiveness that we need to address the challenges that we face as individuals, as communities and as a global world. 
I love that. I don't think we've had such an amazing uh, intro before. And I like that where you're going is to, you know, it's always in service and you and I know each other outside of the podcast. And that is well and truly uh, a true testament to living and breathing and leading the way that you want to to live. So today we're talking about a topic that's close to your heart um, and, and something that you've built on through your own experience. And that's the unlikely leader. So are you able to give a little bit of context around what that means to you and how you found yourself as the unlikely leader? Yeah, I um, I have a really passionate sort of understanding around leadership that it isn't it just does it isn't the domain of a few and it's also not this sort of mysterious dark art that we sort of need to sort of claw and grab our way to get and that leadership is in fact something much brighter, much more inclusive. And that it's available to all of us, even the most unlikely of us. So one of the things is that we often have like a belief or a mindset around leaders that we haven't even necessarily invented ourselves. We've just internalised it. So leaders look a certain way, they sound a certain way, they need to have had this background, they often need to be charismatic and all of these things. And And yet it's a very narrow paradigm in which to view who gets to lead and and who doesn't. And and in fact, the majority of us are are unlike that model. And yet we all have that ability to to lead, even even being unlikely. And I think, and I so where I learned that was for 20 years, I was a senior leader at the Hunger Project, which is a global organization working around the world to end hunger and poverty. And it does that through empowering the most unlikely people, Ali, like women who've had no voice, no education. Like so many of the women who rose up to take leadership actions in their communities just just used a thumbprint to sign documents, for instance. Some of them had rarely left the confines of their own hut. And yet through um, investment in their leadership, through shifting their mindset, they became these fierce, like amazing women who like brought water to their village, who stood up to corruption, who who just did these great things. And they're so unlikely and they were so overlooked, but there's millions and millions of them. And that's who I worked with and the team worked with for decades and that work's still going on. And now in organisations that I work with, I see the equivalence of that. And obviously we're all educated, but too many of us, particularly women, hold ourselves at and hold ourselves back. And we, we still have this sort of feeling of being a little bit unlikely, like, oh, I wouldn't be picked, can't be me. And it also resonates because my journey, I'm like a total dag from Perth. Like, um, I grew up, had my own sort of challenges growing up. And then I, just after uni, I toured rock and roll bands, like punk music changed my life. Um, I ran a nightclub. Like I was never going to be a leader, you know. (laughs) And yet through my own journey of just stepping up at different opportunities, I ended up leading a beloved organisation and now things like that. And I just think... It's been like that old Pantene hair commercial, you know, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. And I just think, I think more of us, if we could own that we're enough and that if we have a big enough reason and if we have um, 
I guess, more role models as well. Uh, We can, even with our dagginess, our quirkiness, our our not likeliness, um, we we can still lead and make the impact that we want to make. I love that. I um, had no idea about the nightclub and, and <laughs> I'm giggling because you seem so wholesome all the time whenever I speak to you and you're quite spiritual and you're like, yeah, punk punk music changed my life. And I ran a Totally changed my life, actually. Oh, my goodness. I, I actually went into it probably like, yeah, I, I went into a nightclub. Uh, sorry, not a nightclub, a, a pub when I was 17 and I you know, caught the bus in. I was, I was so uncool and yet. I heard this music, Ali, and I'd heard like punk before, but there was just band and everyone was like raucous and no one just gave like a rat's ass and people were just absolutely. And I just thought it was like my hair was blown back. <laughs> Come on, oh, people. my goodness. And, yeah, that was the I start can of only, I can breaking only out of my chains, I suppose. Yeah. That's so good. So um, I think... What something that I recognise um, is becoming more and more prevalent with the leaders that that I work with as well is that so often when we're talking about not being enough and not having enough is there's almost like um, a bit of a wipe the slate clean so we kind of go you know women that are um, that are then escalated into a or promoted into a leadership role they'll go oh well you know who am I to be here I've only been in the organisation or I've only been in this particular role for X amount of years whereas Going back to your example, the experience that we collect over our entire lifetime helps build us to create and mould the leader that we want to be in the future. How do you find um, with the women that you work with, how they go breaking down that going, actually, you know, it's not this distinct amount of three years or five year period. It's been collectively over the last however many decades that I've been working and experiencing life. I can draw all of that wisdom into my own leadership these days as well. Yeah. So... One of the main sort of pillars that I work with is around mindsets and mindsets are the beliefs, the identities, the labels, the things that we've made things mean that we um, we collect over time and often we're just not aware. It's like a computer system operating in the background. It's making decisions for us based on do I go for that promotion? Do I... Um, do I try out for this new role? Do I have that conversation with my manager or with my report? Um, and it's based on this, these beliefs that we hold about ourselves that we start to think is true and we start to think is part of our, even part of our personality. Mm-hmm. So it can be things like I'm not confident enough, I don't have enough experience. It could be I tried that before and it didn't work, so I'm not doing that again. Yeah. And that can often happen, say, if we were wanting, you know, speaking, we start to put our views out there and they get knocked back or something happens, we can then make a decision, oh, that's I'm not doing that again. Yeah. And it's when we don't bring awareness to these, we can't, don't get any way to change them. And so one of the key parts of being a leader is that we first need to lead ourselves. We need to really be aware of what are my motivations? What am I believing about myself? What am I believing about this situation? What am I, where am I thinking I don't have agency or power here? What is something that I can do? So, for instance, one of the, um, and this, this can happen in teams as well. One of the clients that I work for is a part of the team of a global tech company and they were having issues with the head office in Seattle and had a whole view of, I'm not respected, 
Mm. They don't listen to me. Um, they're so unreasonable with their requests. And they had lots of evidence for it as well. Um, you know, people did request did come in with the time zone and, and they felt they felt not not respected. Yeah. So we're, you know, it makes sense, but also this I'm not respected and they don't trust me ends up becoming a mindset that determines how they showed up. So then what was happening was a real them and us situation and people felt resentful and and so actually starting to see this as a mindset that I have and then looking to see, well, what, what can we create? How do I want to relate with them? If I was coming from partnership and standing in my own power, what would be the conversation that I would have? And so it starts to reorient from how we just automatically show up and get triggered, get reacted, collect this whole story, this history that supports it. Yeah. Instead, put a line under that and just think, okay, well, given that, now how do I want to show up? What is the conversation I need to have here? What is the best thing that I need to do? And this really comes down to how mindsets are. And for whatever kind of leader we are, we always will find um, things that threaten us, challenge us, trigger us. Uh, we make decisions sometimes out of fear, um, and, and yet we're not aware of it. So bringing awareness to my motivations is absolutely one of the key things that we need to do as leaders. And, and I use leaders, like you may just be starting out, you may be an intern yep. listening to this, right? And I'm still talking to you. Yeah, leading leading as a disposition rather than an actual yep. position. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think mindset, we don't talk about it enough. I call it the itty bitty shitty committee, but it's that it's that internal dialogue that often sends us spiraling down rather than spiraling back up do you have a technique that you use apart from awareness or is it going okay what what is the future state what is the conversation I want to be having yeah absolutely and um it's I've refined it over years because as I said, I've, you know, learned a lot of this actually in villages where absolutely understandably people have a mindset of I've been deserted, no one listened to me, this situation is terrible, I can't do anything, Allah has deserted me, you know, it makes perfect sense. So working with mindsets over time, which seems weird, Ali, because it's like, is it really a mindset? I mean, it is a pretty shit situation there. Yeah. The power of mindsets, it's not about is this situation, are you making up this situation or not? You yep. could be and likely are in a very difficult situation yeah. where all the odds are stacked against you, where it's absolutely just a mess yeah. and you can still show up and lead and make um, take some action. So in regards to the process, this is a good chance to talk. <laughs> I've written a book pretty much about this called yep. Lead In. And it goes through what I call the mindset process. And it, you can sort of work through it yourself. So it definitely starts with noticing. It's like noticing, what am I thinking and believing and saying about this? Like, firstly, just noticing it, because normally yeah. we're just on autopilot. We don't even notice it. Yeah. And then questioning it. Like, is this true that um, I, I'm too young to get this promotion? Is it true that? If I speak up in this meeting, it'll just go terrible and I'll, you know, I'll look like a fool. Yes. So you start to, you know, um, you, you question, what's the benefit of me not speaking up in a meeting? Hmm, I get to, you know, stay safe. I get to um, not be criticised. But what's it costing me? 
yeah. or influence in my career, um, being noticed, actually having a point that could really contribute to the conversation. Yeah. And so you, you sort of start just digging into the mindset. You're not questioning whether the situation's true. You're questioning that you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And then that. you choose, choose what mindset do you want? Okay. So in the situation of not speaking up, well, I choose to be someone who has her voice heard. I choose yeah. to be someone who will step forward and then I take like my next action in that. It just needs to be like one action. Yeah. Um, and mindsets are so, so that's the process. And mindsets are so, like when I wrote my first book, Ali, um, Unlikely Leaders, I, I was a CEO at the time and I was really procrastinating writing the book. Like I'd done 80% of it, right? Yeah. And then I was like, did the typical thing of like, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm just, I'm, I'm procrastinating. I need to be better at time management, you know, trash talking. Yep. I was excellent at time management. I ran an organisation and, you know, travelled the world and was getting shit done. Yeah. But the mindset doesn't believe that. And so I used this process and I wrote out, I'd like to write, write a great book, but, and then what followed was a, a mindset that I didn't realise was governing me. It yes. wasn't that I'm bad at time management. It was that only happens to other people. Only other people write good books, not you. Mm. And that was that floored me because I didn't know that this was running me, it was holding me back. And then I did this process of questioning it. What's the cost of not writing this book? What's the how's this perspective keeping me safe, choosing it and then taking action, and then I finish the book and and the rest and is and now and now it's done, done and dusted. And you've got your second book, which is lead in, that's which right. is uh, congratulations on that one. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I have been hearing about it. So you mentioned earlier um, about a role model and how important it is to have a role model. When you went into these villages with uh, the Hunger Project, I'm guessing here, but I can't imagine they had strong role models for women that were then stepping into to become these unlikely leaders. Do you need a role model or can you become the role model that you need? Yeah, really good question because I guess at some point being a role model, someone has to start to be the role model. Yeah. Um, I think it comes down to like what I really like the research around hope, which shows that you need to you need to sort of see 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 some future you need to have some agency to make it happen and you need to be able to take action around that is what hope researchers say but the fourth one is that you you need to see that that change is possible mm. and so for women in villages and true and also for the executives and organizations that i work with you you also need to see that change is possible that you that you can make something happen whether or not you've even seen it be happen before. Now, seeing like someone else having done it obviously is really helpful. Um, but sometimes is there something important enough? Like you might have been the first one in your family to, you know, achieve what you've been achieving. You don't have those role, role models in your family, but you can see them somewhere else in the world out there. Yeah. And certainly in villages, and I want to be really clear that it wasn't me in the villages showing this way. Every country has people from that country who yeah. solely work in that country. So in yeah, Bangladesh, right. it's only Bangladeshis mobilising in the villages. Yeah. Um, and that's really important because 
how weird would it be anyway for me to be there? I don't speak the language and I'm not from there. Um, but also if the central message is you're enough, you can do this, we can do this as a country and as a community, we can change things to then have someone not from that community leading the charge sort of is like a disconnect to that. So I think role models are important, but also don't have not having a role model be the thing that, you know, creates a mindset of, well, I don't have a role model, so therefore I can't do it. Like I wouldn't prescribe that that's what you need. You can find, you can find role models in nature, Ali, like the way the, the, the you know, buds, buds grow on a tree, the way that sort of nature decomposes, but then something new comes from it. There's so many, we have so much around us that, that anchors us and reminds us to the potential that we have and that we're so much more than what we think we are. We're so much more capable than what we've been told that we are. And, you know, we can find kind of examples of that all around us. Yeah, I love that. And especially um, seeing your socials, because you're right in the hinterland. So your socials have just, they're always in nature. It's always around your beautiful surroundings. And you do often muse on, you know, what you're learning from nature. So I think that that's really beautiful. And sometimes we don't spend enough time in nature, connecting with nature um, and just getting out outdoors. I know I live in, I live at the beach, which is beautiful, but, you know, we spend so much time inside in front of our screens that we forget what else is out there and how big the world is as well and how, how much impact we can have. Um, so tell me a little bit about when we're talking about the um, unlikely leader, we talked about this before I hit record. What about the authenticity? Because I think, you know, being authentic is a bit of a buzzword at the moment around, you know, you must be authentic and we know that there's an Instagram of highlight reels and highly curated content and we can control what people see but what does authenticity mean for you and what does it mean for leaders or the unlikely leader yeah look I have a lot to say about being authentic uh, so I'll try and kind of narrow it down here I think we um certainly um for some of the people that I work with have a a view that being authentic means to how I'm feeling and what I've done so if I'm not feeling like confident to put my voice forward for me to speak up and say something feels inauthentic if I don't feel I'm ready for for this or and I so going for it doesn't if there's a disconnect to the feeling means I'm inauthentic so often we sometimes think that authenticity is sort of linked to how I'm feeling, who I think I am. Um, and so we spend time waiting for that feeling to align with what the world wants from me now. And I think that this can, this is a false way of looking at it. I think true authenticity is less linked to how I'm feeling, but it's more about am I being authentic to who I know I can be? Am I being authentic to the power and potential of me and what's important to me and is not putting my hand up for this conversation, is not moving into this new role, is that being, that's actually being deeply inauthentic to, to, the, to the future that is beckoning yeah. me. And there's a real disconnect because it feels it's so uncomfortable to, to, to stretch ourselves in that way, especially if it's so outside the realm of, of 
of how we see ourselves to be. And it feels uncomfortable and then we can sometimes call this inauthenticity. But I think there's a deeper pull to what is authenticity and it's not this. It's more who I know myself to be. What, what is my heart calling me? What is the future wanting from me? And being authentic to that, even if there's a lot of like uncomfortable, there's jangling in between there. Yeah. Um, that, that to me, I think is, this, this gets us into sort of really courageous leadership because being a courageous leader is uncomfortable. It is, it is leadership's messy. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's um, confusing. Um, and, I, and I think the more that we're, we wrestle with that, we see that that's how it is and we settle into that, the more we can start to be authentic to what Mary Oliver talks about, our one wild and precious life and yeah. what's what's and also what's the world and my organisation wanting from me and what am I wanting from me? It could be around a relationship. Um, it could be around anything. So that's what I feel um, being authentic about that is really important. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, um, you know, you touched on this around courageous leadership, which is, you know, the area that I talk about as well. And I think, we, we need to be able to recognise in the difference between inauthenticity and authenticity versus what um, what's feeling uncomfortable because it's pushing me out of my comfort zone versus what's feeling uncomfortable because it's a friction point and it's not meant for me and being able to establish which one that is and then also go, okay, well, what is the future that I'm looking to create, whether it's your own leadership vision or whether it's a bigger impact um, either, you know, within your community or globally as well. I think mm. that authenticity uh, gets all the wrong airtime and not enough of the right airtime at the yeah, moment absolutely. as well. So um, tell me a little bit more around your unlikely leaders. What type of, I guess, what are some of the main blockages that you see these days from women stepping into their, into their power, into their authenticity and putting their hand up uh, a little bit more? I, I did hear a staggering statistic around women applying for jobs and they will only apply for a job if they meet, you know, say there's 10 criteria. They'll only put their hand up if they meet, you know, nine or 10 of the criteria. Whereas for others, it's more like two to three and, and they'll put their, throw their hat in the ring. So what do you think is one of the main blockers these days for people stepping into yeah. their power? Yeah, well, particularly speaking about women, which is what you've referenced, um, there is some fantastic research that was maybe three years old now from the Centre of Talent Innovation, and they surveyed thousands of people across three different countries. What they found was that both women and men at the start of their career, or even at the start of a new sort of role, are equally ambitious to achieve and to, to kind of go as far as that they can go. But over time, men keep, that, that ambition keeps keep steady, but women's decreases over time. And they, they were curious about that. And um, often what gets mistaken, people go, oh, yes, you know, women, they drop out because of children or, you know, whatever. But actually their research really correlates with my experience as well, is that what's happening is that women are, are all too conscious of the burdens of leadership, the cost of it, but they underestimate and discount the great benefits that them leading can bring to themselves, but also others. So what's really key, Ali, is that we need to reframe 
what leadership is and reimagine it. And we need to place ourselves within that reimagination. Because what's happening is, is that we are seeing this old way of leading, what it means, who gets to do it, how it looks. And it's just exhausting. Like people say, oh my God, I just don't want that and leave rather than reimagining what it could be for them. And one of the key parts of this, the research showed, is being able to focus on well, what are some of the benefits of this? What are the, how is this going to help me realise the impact that I want to make and, and, and the you know, success that both I can have, the fulfilment I can have, but also the impact I can make for others. So it is around this. And I've, I've found it in my career. Like I remember as a young CEO, one of my board members at the time pulled me aside and he said, Kathy, you know, you're just not corporate enough. You need to become more corporate. And sure. even though this was like 20, 25 years ago, I, I really got the subtext, Ali, which was you're not, you're not male enough, you're not traditional enough. Yeah. Um, and I was a highly effective CEO, but I, I had, you know, I still do, had a bit of mongrel, just, you know, just making shit happen. <laughs> Yeah. And and for two years, I really took that advice to heart and I, you know, suited up. I It's fine. I love wearing suits anyway. But I became yeah. what I felt a CEO should be. Yeah. A leader should be. And over time, I, I actually was way less effective. Um, I was much um, like that spark had just gone. I felt jaded. Yeah. Even though I loved the mission, I loved the work couldn't see myself in there mm. and it's this I was I was reimagining leadership as as the norm right or as I was placing myself and I then needed to kind of undo that and you know I work with hundreds of women and this is so common even now that we we've defaulted to expectations and without really questioning it yeah. um, and we do need to reimagine ourselves and what leadership could be and then we as women need to put ourselves in there so yeah. be clear about what are the benefits yes there are costs to it definitely but there are huge benefits that we are not um not being present to we're not creating a vision around it we're not owning the absolute glory of and my own case instant millions and millions of people ali and now free yeah. from hunger because of the actions that I took. And if I had counted myself out back in the day, yeah, you know, like my life would be so less richer and I wouldn't have made the impact. Was it difficult and hard and challenging? Absolutely. Like leading is tough. Yeah. But um, I just want more of us to step into. You don't have to be the CEO, but... Yep. get in that in that hustle and bustle and but but in but in the way that's really authentic to you and yeah. more the more that we do that we start to dismantle old systems of oppression and old systems of expectation and we can start to then build something else I love that I've never um heard of or thought of uh, when we're talking about messy leadership is what a reframing around what are the benefits I've never ever thought of it like that I've always gone okay well you know what's the vision what do you want to be how do you create that but having a look at the the driver the motivator around what what is the the benefit that's gold and I think um, something that you talked about is breaking the rules um, you know 
I, lo I love a rule breaker. I think we need more of them. We get so conforming uh, in life as in, you know, I've seen it done this way, so therefore I need to do it that way and I'll mould myself to fix into fit into a box. Whereas I think just change the box. Just change yeah. the shape um, and make it fit you. And, and that's so good. We definitely need more representation and more people to step in and step up or lead in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. So uh, we are just about ready to wrap up here. What would be your top five tips for leaders these days? If you could go back in time or to any new leaders that are coming up, uh, what are your top five tips? Well, my first absolute tip is that to know that you're enough, that there's nothing inherently wrong with you, you don't need to be fixed, you, there's not something lacking in you, you're not missing anything inherent, that you are enough as you are to lead, to step in, to take that next adventure. Yes, there's always things we need to learn, we need to grow, we need to change. I'm not saying, you know, don't get that degree or get that experience, but too often we, we come from a thing that we're just not enough, we're lacking something, we're missing something. Like inherent to me, I'm just not old enough, young enough, good enough, confident enough, experienced enough, wide enough, male enough. Um, and I, my number one thing is you are enough as you are. There is nothing about you that's fixed or that needs to be fixed or is broken or is just should be chucked or abandoned. Um, that's my first tip, my first leadership tip, Ali. Love it. I think we need more of those in the world. <laughs> Self-worth. The second one is that um, leadership is an inside job. And that's why I've called this book Lead In. Uh, we need to first lead ourselves. So we need to bring awareness to actually what's my motivations here? Like we get caught up out there, so we lead out. We're constantly in reaction to what's happening out there without being able to lead first in here and then from there deal with the with the chaos and things around us. So we're like we're like dogs chasing a car that we can never catch when we're leading out. So, for, so the second tip is to, to be able to lead yourself. Leadership is an inside job. You need to attend to you, to your, to your growth, and to be honest about that and put yourself in, in, get some rigor around that. Have someone in your court who loves you or gets you, supports you, but also can um, call you on it and, and help help you widen the horizon that you can impact so so that would be my second one that leadership is an inside job my third one um, is around authenticity to be authentic to not to your past or to your personality or to your history necessarily um, but to be to who you to your future you your future self that part of you that knows you, that loves you, that gets you, that sees you for who you are. This is you sort of down the track and pulling you forward courageously, holding your hand, but saying, Kathy, Ali, listener, it's time. Step up. This is who you are and, and be authentic to that. I think we all have seeds of greatness in us, every single one of us. We can water them. We cannot water them. Um, but be authentic to that. Um, because 
I just think it's it's such also like the best way to live. It's yeah, you know, this is like living your life for you. Um, the fourth one or third one, whichever one it is, fourth one, fourth one is as I've already said, expect leadership to be messy, confusing, discombobulating, um, and and normalize that. I think the more we think that it shouldn't be this way, that somehow I should know what I'm doing, I should things should go the way I planned, the, the harder it is um, yeah. to lead. So to, if we expect that it's not going to go our way, for those of us listening in Australia who know Aussie rules football, that weirdly shaped ball, it just bounces in so many different directions. <laughs> so you just expect that, right? You think, oh, I'm hitting it this way. I can't believe, Ali, I'm doing a sporting analogy on your you, you and me both. I oh, my God. I know. This is just This is just shows how... How weird it is, right? How weird <laughs> AFL is. It's just started up again. So I don't know. Yeah. But lead, so leadership is messy and complicated and confusing. And and that's that's okay. That just is what it is. So yep. that, so I think once I kind of realize that, it just helps, it stops the upset and the oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Oh, this has happened. All of that reaction and reactivity yep. sort of fall, uh, falls away. Um, and the last one is, is to have a vision. So I talk about having clarity. So the clarity around what do you want to achieve and what's important to you and where are you going? So often we, we actually, like when I say to people, what do you want when I'm coaching them? Oh, I don't really know. And it's mm. like, well, I actually think we do know what we want at some level. We're yep. just not clear and we haven't owned it and named it and yep. claimed it, what we want. So to get clear around what you want, what what's what's the impact I want? What do I want my life to be? What's the what difference do I want to make with this team, with this client, with this yeah. situation? So being clear, yeah, and having the confidence to to know that okay, I don't have all the tools and everything, but I can get get it get I can I'm enough, and then to have the conviction to know that that this will work, that I I will make something happen. Um, so having that clarity, conviction and confidence as a leader, um, otherwise, what are you leading for? You're just leading in this sort of echo chamber of ambition and, and um, yeah, it's just you, you, no one, you won't get anything done if you don't know what it is you want to accomplish. Exactly. I always say if you don't know where to point the arrow, you'll never reach the target. <gasps> Ellie, you're so wise. <laughs> so wise, so wise. I've standing on the on the shoulders of giants as they say so number one is know that you're enough and you're not lacking in anything or anything in particular uh, leadership is an inside job can't agree with you more there um, be authentic so not to your past or your personality but to that future version of of you uh, expect leadership to be messy and complicated and messy and complicated and messy and a little bit tough as well and have a vision so being uh, being crystal clear and having that clarity on what it is that you want and own it what did you say own it name it and claim it which I think is fantastic so thank you so much Kathy for coming on today uh, I've loved chatting all things unexpected leaders so you've got a, a white paper actually don't you a great resource for our listeners if they would like to go for a bit of a deep dive and perhaps they're going oh actually I might be an unexpected uh, leader or perhaps I haven't been living true in truly into my authenticity. Uh, where can they find that white paper? 
Yeah, the white papers on mindsets. So how do you develop a yep. leader's mindset? Brilliant. And you can find it at kathyburke.com and that's B-U-R-K-E. It's not the Melbourne Burke, B-O-U-R. So it's Kathy with a C, B-U-R-K-E.com forward slash white dash paper. Brilliant. And I will pop those links in the show notes as well if you would like to collect that. Thank you, Kathy. Have an amazing day. Thanks, Ali. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, ali.madeformore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.